Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. It is Greeny. Michelle Smallman and Chris Canty with you on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. A lot to get into today, Chris Canty. We have a lot going on in the world of sports, but there's only one place to start. Place to start. So let's go. Here we go. Go, go. Only one place to start. No long-term deals done by today's deadline for Giant Saquon Barkley. I think this is the beginning of the end of Saquon Barkley with the New York Giants. These players will not be with their teams when they report to training camp. Which is why I say Saquon needs the Giants more than the Giants need Saquon. Well, Chris, we were counting down yesterday the deadline, 4 o'clock Eastern time, and no long-term contracts for the New York Giants, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs of the Raiders, and Tony Pollard of the Dallas Cowboys. Now, these three players who received the franchise tag and didn't get a long-term contract. They were the only players who dealt with that. Now they have $10.091 million on the franchise tag, and we're wondering when Josh Jacobs and when Saquon Barkley are going to report to camp. Yeah, I mean, this is an ominous situation for the New York Giants. The fact that the identity of the offense in Saquon Barkley is not going to be reported in the training camp one time, and there's no exact date when you can be able to expect him back in the building. This is very concerning in terms of what this team and what this offense is going to be moving forward, the impact that this is going to have on Daniel Jones early on in the regular season. Uh, For all of the Giants fans out there, this guy, number 26, was a reason why you could hold your head up as a fan of the organization because they hadn't been doing a lot of winning as a team. Michelle, the Giants' record since they drafted Saquon Barkley, 28 53 and one. Mm. They've had four consecutive double digit loss seasons until last year. So Saquon Barkley in the midst of all of that losing was the one bright spot for the team and for the organization to take the stance and to play hardball in these negotiations and, and, and ownership for lack of a better, uh, lack of a better phrasing is just taking a step back and letting Shane do it is a little bit surprising to me. And clearly one of the tentacles coming out of these stories yesterday is just the state of the running back market. So with no long-term deals for Saquon, Josh Jacobs, and Tony Pollard, this is from Adam Schefter. The last time a running back signed a long-term contract worth $10 million or more per year, Nick Chubb back in 2021. That was 716 days ago. And Chris, the response on social media from players, specifically other running backs around the NFL, has been quick. Here's just a sample of what some people were saying. Christian McCaffrey tweets yesterday, this is criminal. Three of the best players in the entire league, regardless of position. Derrick Henry chimes in. At this point, just take the running back position out of the game then. The ones who want to be great and work hard as they can to give their all to an organization just seems like it don't even matter. I'm with every running back that's fighting to get what they deserve. And Jonathan Taylor, number one, if you're good enough, they'll find you. Number two, if you work hard enough, you'll succeed. If you succeed, you boost the organization. And then it doesn't matter you're a running back. So 
there's so many different ways to go about this, but I can't imagine if you are running back in the NFL that you feel great about what's transpiring, and you have to wonder about your future moving forward. But I also don't see this shifting anytime soon. Well, it, it might not shift anytime soon, but I think running backs have to have more awareness in terms of when they, they have maximum leverage uh, over their ball club. And, and I think one of the lessons in this whole thing is looking back at what Ezekiel Elliott did in 2018 with the Dallas Cowboys when he decided that he was going to hold out and, and, and not report to camp until he had a brand new contract. I, I think that was one of those things. I think Zeke at that point, no, it might have been 20. 19, but Zeke at that point had already had a couple of rushing titles. He was viewed in large part as the engine that made the offense go, not Dak Prescott. And and I think he recognized this is when I have to monetize my skill set, my athletic ability. I've got to do it because the prime of a running back is in the first five years of their NFL career. And I think that's what you're starting to see in the marketplace for running backs. It's not as if teams don't recognize the value that running backs bring, because if you look at the guys that lead the league in touches every single year, it's a who's who of dual threat running backs. And so I think teams use those guys because they recognize how important they are to winning, but they don't want to pay a guy top of the market money for anything less than their prime. And for the running back spot, your prime is your first five years. Unfortunately, running backs can't negotiate with teams until after their third season. So I think Ezekiel Elliott realized that he's got to get paid now. Otherwise, he's not going to get paid the kind of money that he's looking for in the way of average annual value and guarantees. Now, if you look at Saquon's situation, he's waited until after his fifth year in the league. Teams are going to use age. Teams are going to use wear and tear in their argument against paying you because they're not paying you for what you've already done for the franchise. They're paying you based on what they think you will do. And recent memory and history will tell us that the running backs best years are behind them. Once you're talking about them going into year six and beyond. He's Chris Canty. I'm Michelle Smallman. It's Greeny here on ESPN Radio. And let's circle back to Saquon Barkley specifically. We know that these negotiations have been going on for quite some time, and they haven't been going anywhere for quite some time. There's a lot of conversation about how Saquon's situation and him not reporting on time could affect the locker room. Now, I know that since they were negotiating for months on end, it didn't affect him last year. He finished fourth in the NFL, career-high 1,312 rushing yards. He ran for 10 touchdowns. He also was tied for the team lead with 57 receptions but Chris you've been in these locker rooms what's it like when one of your teammates a guy who's so important to an organization arguably the face of the franchise is dealing with something like this even if it is business well it doesn't feel great it doesn't feel great now I I I don't see it being a distraction for the Giants just because they have strong leadership within that organization now with Joe Shane and then coach of the year Brian Dayball I think they'll focus on the task at hand which is the team getting better each and every day But it's a subtle, not so subtle reminder to all of those guys in that locker room that the NFL is a business. And now you're you're witnessing the underbelly of the business when it comes to negotiating contracts, um, players with ownership. So I just this is a frustrating thing for Giants fans because Saquon Barkley is beloved. His teammates love him. People in the community love him. He's been the consummate professional since he got here in 2018. But this is a reason why you have to strongly consider what, what, where you draft a guy and what resources you invest in a guy when it comes to this particular position. I, I go back to the decision that the Giants made to take Saquon Barkley with the second overall pick in 2018, and I said that was the wrong decision. 
and a lot of Giants fans were upset about it. Wow. But now we're seeing they didn't necessarily get the return on the investment that they were looking for in the way of winning. Saquon Barkley has put together some great season. I mean, 1,300 yards from scrimmage, 1,500 yards from scrimmage. Last year, 1,600 yards from scrimmage. But it hasn't equated to winning up until last season with Brian Dayball. So, and now you're talking about the best years of his career being behind him. So it's, it's frustrating to see the organization invest that kind of draft capital in a guy and then to take the stance that they have negotiating with him and not being willing to pay him what he's looking for. Now, Michelle, based on the reports that we're seeing from the New York Post and others, it wasn't as if the two sides were that far off. I mean, Saquon Barkley wanted, you know, $12, $13 million a year. The New York Giants were reported to be at the 11 to $11.5 million range per year. And you're talking about them being in the 22 to $23 million in guaranteed money. That's what's being reported. So both sides were within a million to $2 million when it came to average annual value mm-hmm. and the practical guarantee. It's surprising that ownership didn't step in and bridge that gap and get something done. But to me, Michelle, that, that, that signals that ownership, John Mara uh, and Steve Tisch, they are ceding control of the football operation to Joe Shane and Brian Dable. And so if there's any solace in all of this, if you're a Giants fan, your team, your organization is actually operating like a functional franchise now. And it hasn't been for the better part of the last decade. So that is a good sign that ownership is taking a step back and letting football people make football decisions. Yes, that is certainly an interesting perspective. But, Chris, are you surprised if they were that close on a number when you take into consideration everything that Saquon meant to this offense, to Daniel Jones' success last year, what he's been to the organization holistically, that they weren't able to come to a compromise or that they weren't willing to just go there with a player like Saquon? Because he's not just a regular running back. No, he's not just a regular running back, but I think the injury history has to be the biggest concern. And if you look at Saquon's second half last year, you know, that shoulder injury took a toll in terms of his overall productivity. After week 10, Saquon Barkley didn't have one game where he rushed for over 100 yards. Not one. Now, he was great in the, the playoff game against the Vikings. He had north of 100 yards from scrimmage, a couple of touchdowns. That's all well and good. But you, you saw the injury concerns that we've had about Saquon in the past kind of crop up. Now, even though he was out there on the field, you're still talking about a guy that was dealing with something that didn't allow him to be as productive Um, as we were accustomed to seeing him. So that has to be a part of the math when making the decision to pay him. Again, this is not an indictment on Saquon Barkley, the player. This is not, uh, you know, a situation where they don't appreciate what he's done in the past. But Joe Shane is paying him for what he thinks he will do. And the reality is, based on the stance that they've taken is, they don't believe Saquon Barkley is going to be able to hold up and be as productive as he was last year, which means that we're probably talking about the long goodbye when it comes to Saquon Barkley being in a Giants uniform in 2023. He's Chris Canty. I'm Michelle Smallman. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio, and Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. We want to hear from you. 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Do you think that the Giants are making a mistake in the way that they're handling these negotiations with Saquon Barkley? But coming up next, Dak Prescott, he made a bold proclamation for next season. Can you follow through on his prediction? We're going to talk about it next. Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. 
Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greenie today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greenie, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Breaking NFL news. No long-term deals done by today's deadline for Giants' Saquon Barkley. It's hard to understand what the Giants are going to be on the offensive side of the ball with Saquon Barkley potentially not being a part of that. I think this is the beginning of the end of Saquon Barkley with the New York Giants. These players will not be with their teams when they report to training camp. They probably will not be there for the first preseason games. Which is why I say Saquon needs the Giants more than the Giants need Saquon. All right, let's get to some calls. Chris Canty, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. We wanted to pose the question to you after the deadline came and went yesterday, 4 p.m. Eastern time was that deadline. Saquon Barkley and the Giants not reaching a long-term deal. The Giants not expected to see Saquon Barkley until later this summer. He has to decide when he's going to report. We wanted to hear from you. Do you think the Giants made a mistake by not coming to a deal with Saquon Barkley? Let's get to Colm in the Bronx. Colm, welcome to Greeny. Oh, good morning. What's up, Canty, my guy? Shout out to the company. My man. Um, what up, Colm? How we doing? Um, so 
you know, I definitely think they made a mistake with Saquon Barkley. You know, you mention it like, you know, Saquon Barkley needs the Giants more than the Giants need Saquon Barkley. But on the short term, I think it's about equal. The Giants are in a critical position right now where they have the ability to now step up into being a, a you know, a contender for year for the next, you know, couple of years. Or they can sink. There's a possibility they can sink back down to a middle of the pack team. And it's it's all about Daniel Jones's development. Their their offensive line could and should be better, but there is a possibility that their offensive line can still be shaky. They don't have exceptional weapons. They have a couple of solid pieces and everything, but Daniel Jones needs every single thing possible around him to continue to improve. And Saquon Barkley, you look at every statistic of him on the field or off the field, he's the most important thing to Daniel Jones right now for at minimum this year. And if they had to go up, a couple, a couple million for a billion-dollar franchise to try to make sure you know you contain your development because it's not just a, it's not just you know, putting in assets and putting in money and putting in cap to Saquon Barkley. You have to account that for you're putting in it, you're putting in money for the franchise and you're putting in money to ensure that the franchise quarterback continues to improve and that should be paramount and that's where they made the mistake. Well, here's what I'll say, Colin, to that end. Like, the Giants are realistic about where they're at in their program building. I I get that fans are excited because they made it to the divisional round last year, but the Giants aren't close to to winning a championship. They're just not. They're not at the same level as the Philadelphia Eagles. They're not at the same level as the San Francisco 49ers. They're they're not there yet. They, They got to the playoffs last year years ahead of schedule. And so I think this is Joe Shane and Brian Dayball being sober-minded about where they're at and recognizing that if we're not competing for a championship, we don't have to pay top dollar for a running back that's probably, in all likelihood, past his prime years. And so I think that's wherein lies the rub when it comes to the negotiations. The thing that surprises me is that owner John Mara has taken a step back and is allowing Joe Shane to play hardball with Saquon Barkley, because once upon a time when the Giants had another star in Odell Beckham Jr., that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. The ownership stepped in and got the Odell deal done, even though it didn't necessarily seem like Dave Gettleman was on board with that. Now, I get it. Odell's a wide receiver. Saquon's a running back. But we are talking about instances where a guy is the face of the franchise kind of player, a guy that the quarterback that makes life easier for the quarterback And it's interesting that the Giants are now showing a departure from how they've done business for the better part of the last decade with ownership stepping back and allowing the GM to negotiate with Saquon Barkley and take this hard, hard stance with him. Chris, I'm with you, but I also understand what Colm's saying, and I guess that's where I'm a little surprised with the Giants. I I love that they have that self-awareness that we might not be a championship team right now. We shouldn't invest this money and this position at this time. But I also understand what Colm's saying, that whether you wanted to or not, the market dictated that you had to pay Daniel Jones a certain amount of money. And Mm -hmm. his continued development is going to be critical to your franchise, whether you're competing for a championship this year or next year. And now that you, even if you were a year ahead, have that forward momentum, by not paying Saquon, you risk disrupting that in any way or potentially setting Daniel Jones back in some type of way. And, And you know that they have a good relationship. I guess... They, they did well, here's the thing, Michelle, and that's an interesting thing, point that surprising. you're bringing up, but I don't think the Giants are necessarily sold on Daniel Jones either. Even though they gave him the contract, 
you, you could tell the way that the negotiations went. It took it right up to the deadline before you could tag players. Like, the Giants didn't want to pay Daniel Jones $82 million in guarantees over the next couple of years. They just didn't. Now, they ended up seeding that because it's hard to find a quarterback to replace the production that Daniel Jones has given you. And I get it. You're talking about a guy that only threw 15 touchdown passes in the regular season. Go back and look at the playoff game in Minnesota. Daniel Jones played really, really well. He was able to use his arms and his legs. It's hard to find competent quarterback play Mm -hmm. in this league. And that's what the Giants pay for. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're sold on Daniel Jones being their quarterback for the future. And when we talk about the next step in his development – well, if a guy is truly going to be a franchise quarterback, then he's going to have to be able to operate when things are less than ideal. And now we're in this situation because of his contract where things are going to be a little bit less than ideal because they can't afford to pay Saquon what Saquon is looking for. So to me, if Daniel Jones is going to take that next step, he might have to learn how to live with life after Saquon Barkley and find a way to be effective and productive. If not, not only are we talking about the Giants potentially moving on from Saquon after this year, but we could be talking about the Giants after a couple of years having to find a new quarterback. 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Are the Giants making the wrong decision not signing Saquon Barkley long-term? That's the question. Let's get to another call. Tristan in New Mexico. Tristan, what do you got for us? Hey, how you guys doing this morning? Good morning. Morning. What's up? And I don't know what y'all putting in y'all coffee, but I want some of it. Uh, the Giants made a huge, huge mistake. Who's been putting all the fans in the stand? They ran Saquon Barkley right into the ground, how they use him. And Daniel Jones, I cannot believe this conversation is even coming up. He's not even a top 20 quarterback in NFL. He had one good game against the Vikings, who everybody knows the Vikings always give up points, and they have to outscore their opponents. Saquon Barkley is selling jerseys. He's putting fans in the stands. He's getting the Giants TV games. When Saquon Barkley doesn't play this year, and I hope he sits out the whole season, I can't wait to tell everybody I told you so because Daniel Jones is just not that guy, man. I'm sorry. Well, Tristan, the, 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 the GM is paying the guys based on what he thinks they will do in the future, not what they've already done. Mm-hmm. So all of the things that Saquon Barkley has done over the last five years in MetLife Stadium, that, 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 that doesn't necessarily factor into the equation. Like, it's projecting what they think Saquon Barkley will do moving forward. And this is a guy that's only had two fully healthy seasons out of five years in the NFL. So you have to be concerned with the injury risk that the franchise will be taking on when you talk about a long-term deal, and that is a GM's number one responsibility is to mitigate risk to the franchise. So that's why they were, they were more uh, open to paying Daniel Jones what he was looking for than Saquon Barkley just because Daniel Jones, you know, is a guy that, you know, you, you would project is going to be able to stay healthy and continue to improve and continue to ascend, whereas Saquon Barkley's best years are probably behind him. And also with the quarterbacks, the market dictates what they're going to get paid. It's not as if you're you're paying him top three quarterback money, but it, it's it's what it is with the quarterback. Well, you're going to have to the, pay him. Well, Michelle, you're absolutely right. And it's easier to replace the production from a running back than it is from a quarterback. That's just how the game is played. There is there is always quarterback scarcity. This is a quarterback starved league. Every single year you're seeing teams reach in the first round to draft quarterbacks because there are never enough quality quarterbacks to go around. And the Giants believe based on what they saw from Daniel Jones last year, 
that he has the potential to be a quality starting quarterback. Yeah, maybe he's never going to be an Eli Manning, but he has the potential to help you win a lot of football games if he continues to develop. That's what Joe Shane is projecting. And Joe Shane, by taking his stance with the negotiations with Barkley, is also saying the likelihood that Saquon Barkley is going to be healthy and available for for an entire regular season moving forward for the next several years, it, it's it's not it's not a high probability. So I think that's why they've drawn a line in the sand when it comes to what they were willing to pay him. Let's get to another call. Coleman is in New York. Coleman, are the Giants making a mistake? Uh, I actually don't think they're making a mistake. I'm, I'm, I don't have a dog in the fight. I'm a Panthers fan. But I witnessed the Panthers trade Christian McCaffrey in the middle of the year, and then I watched Deontay Foreman lead the league in rushing after week six. I, I know that running back by committee is not as important as your starting quarterback. I, I think if you have subpar quarterback play, it's more important to have better quarterback play than better running back play. I think you can supplement running back play more so than quarterback play. Completely agree. I mean, all you have to do is look at what happened with the Kansas City Chiefs. They drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire a few years ago in the first round, and their their guy, their bell cow in the Super Bowl, was a seventh-round pick in Isaiah Pacheco. Like, like, I mean, you can find quality running backs. You can find good running back play, you know, in a lot of different places in this league, and I think that's what Joe Shane is looking at. It's like, okay, I might not be able to get – another Saquon Barkley, but can I put together a running back room where I have elements of everything that Saquon Barkley is bringing to the table in three or four different guys? And I think that's the approach that they're taking, and it's it is smart. They're investing in the hard-to-find positions. That's why you saw them pay Daniel Jones this offseason. That's why you saw them pay Dexter Lawrence this offseason. That's why they are eventually play their all-pro left tackle, Andrew Thomas, who's one of the best in the game. They're investing in positions that are hard to find. The running back position is not hard to find. And, Michelle, the way we know that is if you look at where running backs fall when it comes to the pay scale. The running back position is only – the running backs average $1.8 million this year in terms of average salary for running backs. That's right behind kickers who are averaging $2.2 million in average salary. Think about that. That's insane. The running back position – in terms of what they're willing to pay is less than what they're paying place kickers. The only positions that make less than the running back are the long snapper and the punter. Oh, that's man. it. That that's the level of disrespect that running backs are getting. And, and, and because that's because the league is showing you that they can find running back production, you know, from guys in the draft in different parts of the draft, later rounds, they can find those guys and they are younger and they are cheaper. And so I think that's why Joe Shane is not willing to go to the place that Saquon Barkley wants to in terms of being able to get a long-term deal done. He's Chris Canty. I'm Michelle Smallman. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. And Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All of your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. 
Well, let's pivot from running backs to quarterbacks, Chris Canty, because Dak Prescott has some comments that are getting some people talking today. He was at his youth camp, his training camp in Frisco earlier this month, and here's what he had to say that got a lot of people talking. He said, quote, I know who I am, and you can go back and take away half of those drops, talking about his interceptions and and drops last year. I'm not saying it's on the receiver, but if you cut that in half, then we start talking about those. Nobody's talking about it. Some of it is the offense and them understanding exactly where we are. Mike, as in Mike McCarthy, does an amazing job with those guys. They know where to be, why to be, when they're getting looked at. That's going to be a big jump. And here's the kicker, Chris Canty. Dak Prescott ended saying, I won't have 10 interceptions this year. Just a reminder, last year he led the league with a career high, a career high, 15 interceptions, and he had two more in the playoffs. But Dak saying, this year it's going to be different. I won't have 10 interceptions this year. Your thoughts? I don't understand why you got to come out and put a, put a, put a number on it. Like, why, why do you have to – Articulate that if you're Dak Prescott. Like, what's the point? Oh, I'm not going to have double-digit interceptions. I'm not going to have 10 interceptions. How about this? How about I'm going to do everything that I can to lead this team to win a Super Bowl? That's the ultimate goal. If you throw 10 interceptions but the Dallas Cowboys win the Super Bowl, nobody's going to care about the number of interceptions that you throw. But the problem has been over the last couple of years – Dak Prescott having turnovers at the most inopportune times. Mm-hmm. If you look at what happened in the playoff game against the San Francisco 49ers in the last two years, those losses, you're talking about Dak Prescott turning the football over at the most inopportune time. In his last 31 games, Dak Prescott has had 35 turnovers. He's given the ball away to the other team entirely too much for the Dallas Cowboys to get to where they want to go. And it's a head-scratcher because you're talking about the offense finally be supported by a defense that is championship caliber. The Dallas Cowboys defense has led the league in takeaways in back-to-back years. That means that they're creating field position and extra possessions for their offense, and their quarterback is squandering it with all of the turnovers. Like, if Dak Prescott protects the football and they're able to sustain drives, then you're talking about a formula where the Dallas Cowboys can win a lot of games. So to me, there is a ton of pressure in Dallas on Dak, And there's also going to be pressure on Mike McCarthy, who is now going to take over the play-calling responsibilities after he scapegoated Kellen Moore. So those two figures have more pressure on them than pretty much anybody else in the National Football League going into this upcoming season. I love that Dak realizes that this is a problem, and he set a goal for himself. I'm not going to have 10 this year, and he's comfortable and confident in his abilities to say that publicly. But, Chris, he also set an expectation. And now if he gets there, that's going to be all the talk and the headlines. As Dak said, he's not going to get 10 this year. Can you imagine if he's hovering at 9? That's all we're going to be talking about. (laughs) He said he wasn't going to get to 10. That's going to be the headline everywhere. So I love that he's confident in himself, but I also think you kind of write the headlines for yourself. Yeah, I mean, you've had, what, three of the last four years, you've had double-digit interceptions. Why are you making that the benchmark to your success? That should be irrelevant. I I mean, I remember hearing stories about Bill Parcells telling Phil Simms, listen, go out there and throw three or four interceptions because if you don't do that, you're not trying. Like, you have to be aggressive in this league in order to win. The turnovers, you want to cut down on those, but those aren't the end-all, be-all. You want your quarterback to play winning football. There are, I hate to frame it this way, but there are, there are mistakes that you can live with as a teammate, as a coach, if your quarterback is trying to be aggressive and putting your team in a situation where they can win football games. And, and Dak Prescott 
hasn't been doing enough. Like, like some of the interceptions that we've seen just don't make any sense in terms of the quarterback taking those types of risks. And those are the things that we're talking about. Like, those are bonehead decisions by Dak Prescott. Now, maybe the receivers might not be running the right route. Maybe they might not have the right chemistry. But all of that falls on the quarterback and the head coach. And they've got to find a way to be able to get that right going into 2023. Because if they don't, then Jerry Jones is going to have some tough decisions to make about his head coach quarterback tandem. He's Chris Canty. I'm Michelle Smallman. Coming up next, a lot of pressure on Dak Prescott to win. A lot of pressure on Joel Embiid to win as well. Does he want out of Philadelphia or were some comments he made just trolling? That's next. It's Greeny, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Chris, I am so sick of hearing about the process. Trust the process. Trust the- I actually think that phrasing, trust the process, is one of the worst things that happened to the Philadelphia 76ers organization. Because of that phrase, whether they intended it to be or not, you implied that it's going to pay off. If you just believe, you give us the runway needed, we're going to win a championship. And it, and it just feels like it's been one thing after another since we heard that turn of phrase. Yeah, it's hard to win a championship when you have a losing culture permeating (laughs) throughout your organization for the better part of the last decade and a half. Like, think about all of the losing that it took for them to get those lottery picks, to get the number one picks overall. And then they had Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. One guy ended up defecting because he, he had some issues with the organization, also was dealing with some mental health. But you had one player pan out in all of that losing for you in Joel Embiid. And the irony behind it is... Because the organization hasn't been able to break through this glass ceiling that has existed in the second round of the postseason, it now might cost the Philadelphia 76ers an MVP caliber player, a guy that's led the league in scoring in back-to-back years. 
Well, here is why people are thinking they might lose Joel Embiid, the 76ers. So he was at the Uninterrupted Sports Film Festival. He was doing an interview with Maverick Carter, and he made some comments that maybe opened the door for his exit from Philly. Here's what Joel Embiid had to say. I just want to win a championship, um, you know, whatever it takes. I don't know where that's going to be, whether it's in Philly or, you know, anywhere else. You know, I just want to have a chance uh, to accomplish that. I want to see what it feels like to win that first one and then you can think about, you know, the next one. Uh, you know, it's not easy. That sound from AJ Torres twelve thirty on Twitter. So Chris, you hear that where he clearly says, "I don't know where it's going to be," implying he wants to win a championship. He says, "Whether it's Philly or anywhere else, I just want to have a chance to accomplish that." Do you think he's out the door? I think he's leaving his options open. You know, I, I certainly say I don't know if he's out the door, but it's cracked. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like he, he's peeking out and seeing what else could be out there in terms of opportunities for him to put himself in a situation where he can win championships. Because I think Joel Embiid is one of the most self-aware athletes that we have in sports today. Like, so he understood the gravity of what he was saying at the Uninterrupted Film Festival when he's on stage with Mav Carter. Like, you, you get what you're – people are going to pay attention to the soundbite. So that's him lighting a fire under the Philadelphia 76ers saying, we got to be more aggressive and putting pieces around me. But I think that's also him – you know, letting everybody else know that if things don't go the way that he wants them to in Philly, uh, you know, in the next couple of years, that we could be talking about him changing uniforms. So I, I think Embiid is leaving his options open while simultaneously trying to create more urgency within his current organization to put a contender around him. I also, if you're a 76ers fan, you probably don't want to hear that, as you said, he's cracking the door and he's potentially peeking out. But I want him to say that. I want him to to want to win no matter what. Yes, I, of course, if I'm a, a Philly fan, I want him to win there. But isn't that the mentality that you want your your star player, the MVP, to have, that I want to win a championship no matter what it takes and I'm going to find a way to get it? Nah, that's not the that's not what you want to hear as a fan. <laughs> I, I can't I can't I imagine do. Michelle, I can't imagine those comments that don't go over well in Philadelphia. Like that is that is a a diehard sports town and, and those fans had to deal with the pain of the process. And this was the guy that you had to show for it. So you mean to tell me after going to all of those games where the Sixers were losing, where they weren't competitive season after season, the one thing that we got out of all of that losing all of a sudden now wants to up and leave? No, that's not going to go over well with Philly sports fans. So I, I got to imagine that Joel Embiid is going to be under a huge spotlight when he goes back to Philly and when the season kicks off because fans are going to want to see whether or not he takes his game up another notch in order to get the Sixers to where he says he wants to be, which is winning a championship. If I'm a fan, I'm not mad at Joel Embiid. I'm looking at the front office and I'm saying, do everything you need to do to put talent around him so that he. But Michelle, what can they the do door. now? Like it just feels like they're locked into James Harden, Tobias Harris, and PJ Tucker and Tyrese Maxey. It feels like this is their team for better or for worse. And we saw last year that it just wasn't good enough. Now they were in a situation in the semifinals against the Boston Celtics where they had two games to win one. They blew game six after Jason Tatum went crazy in the fourth quarter, and, and that was on their home court, and then they lost in game seven. Like, that was a situation where Philly had control of the series and ended up losing. And to me, that goes back to the whole culture that was surrounded with the process. This is a team that, that, that for, for, for whatever reason, hasn't been able to break through 
And when you have that culture of losing, it's hard to shake that off. And so I, I get that Joel Embiid wants to win a championship while he's still in the heart of his prime, while he's still healthy and available. I'm just not sure that Philly is going to be able to do enough to get him on that stage where it's a possibility. So Joel Embiid knows that we're all talking about this, and he, of course, was on social media. Someone had tweeted at him saying the quote that he said, I'd like to win a championship in Philly or somewhere else. The somewhere else was necessary, TBH. Joel, Joel Embiid quote tweets it, Chris, and he said, buddy, check my middle name. And if you go to his tr- Twitter page, it's Joel Troel Embiid. So he's saying, I was just trolling. Do you buy it? Well, who the hell were you trolling? That's the other question. Like, were you, are you trolling Sixers fans? Have they not been beat down enough by your organization yeah, and all the losing on. that they did in order to get you? Like, why, why would you troll them? I mean, they, they've been loyal fans. They've been supported. Like, there might not be a more beloved athlete in the NBA than Joel Embiid is beloved in Philadelphia. Like, that, like seriously. Like, they, they love that dude. And so the fact that you could troll your own, troll your own fan base – by doing that, that just doesn't make a lot of sense. He also replied and said, I've lost my place as best troll here, though, and it went to at Daryl Morey, at D. Morey. So is he trolling the front office? Because that's not fun either. No, not at all. And, and you want the GM and the best player on the team to be in lockstep in terms of shaping the future of the franchise. And you have to wonder, with everything that's going on with James Harden, with him opting in because he couldn't find a deal that he wanted out in free agency, where this team goes from here in terms of opportunities for improvement. Michelle, I think this is going to be their team, and the improvement that the Sixers are hoping for is Tyrese Maxey becoming a much better player. He's Chris Canty. I'm Michelle Smallman. Coming up next, we play Canty or Canty. Keep it here, Greeny, on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.